Hello, hello, family. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. I think that this is probably going to be one of the most intimate, uh, personal episodes that I've ever shared. Now, on all of the episodes that we create here, um, it's it's a mix of things. So it's a mix of emails that we get. It's a mix of like current events, current news. Uh, but this one in particular. Uh, it was actually this this episode was not supposed to be coming out until December of this year. OK, um, but what ended up happening was we decided that we were going to air this episode early based on the response that we got from the episode uh, that we dropped about how to spot a predator, how to catch a predator. If you haven't watched that episode or listened to that episode, for those of you who are listening, I really strongly advise you to go back and listen to that episode, okay? Because that is kind of why we amped up or we moved up the airing of this episode, okay? Today, we're going to be talking about how to forgive your parents. And if you are new to Heartbreak Hill Podcast, okay, welcome to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. And what we do here is we use multimedia channels to break generational curses in our thought process, okay? Our motto here is breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Listen, this is going to be a deep, deep, deep episode. Keep it locked. Yo, yo, yo. It's your girl, Rose Gold, and thank you for tuning in for an episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Here, we are breaking hearts and blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Catch us weekly on all podcast platforms. Beginning February of 2022, catch us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Comcast Channel 17. Don't forget, if you have an email or a question you would like to have read on air, please send us an email to hbhp at heartbreakhillpodcast.com. While you're at it, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Now let's break some hearts and blow some minds, shall we? Yes, thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast, where we are, okay, breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Now, today, if you're just now getting in here and getting settled, that's okay. Today, we are talking about how to forgive your parents. Everybody tells you that you have to do it. We hear all different kinds of literature about forgiveness, but nobody tells you how. At least I didn't see anything about how to forgive when I was going through this process, okay? Now, before we go ahead and get into today's episode, you know I got to come to you with Daily De Niro, okay? Cha-ching, where we are bringing value and interesting facts to you about your body, your business, and most importantly, your body, your Bible, excuse me. So your body, your business, and your Bible, okay? Let's get started. Daily De Niro, your body. Did you know that helping people lights up the same reward area of your brain as sex? That is right. When you help people, not only do you live longer, okay, but you also are creating a defense mechanism within your body against different types of diseases. Uh, studies have shown over and over and over again that helping others can help decrease things like high blood pressure. It can actually reverse aging, okay? And it also has been seen to help treat cancer patients, okay? However, asking for help. 
That is actually one of the number one things that human beings struggle with is asking for help. And that is because asking for help is actually a skill. It is a skill that has to be taught and it is a skill that has to be learned. Okay, not knowing how to ask for help has been linked to multiple versions of illness and disease in the body. So pretty much those same illnesses that I said that when you help people with, okay, not asking for help, okay, has been linked to things like high blood pressure, anxiety, uh, other diseases in your body like cancer, okay? So how do you ask for help, okay? What is the actual formula for asking to help for help? What are the steps to asking for help? How do you develop that skill? Okay, here's how you do it. I got five things for you. Okay, first thing you have to do is you have to psych yourself. Okay, remind yourself when you're getting ready to ask somebody for help, and this can be anything from uh, can you borrow the car to can you get a cup of sugar? Okay, you have to psych yourself. Remind yourself that the excess the success rate. Okay, of asking for help is actually very, very, very high. A lot of anxiety for asking for help is embarrassment and shame, or maybe just fear of rejection. But there are actually studies. One was done by Dr. Vanessa Bonds, who's a PhD professor at Cornell University. And what she did was a study a few years back. And what it was, it was about uh it was a bunch of participants in the study, and they made more than 15,000 requests to strangers okay now the requests range from things like directions to can i use your cell phone to recommendations to even bigger things like can you give me a ride things like that and the result of that study was that people who asked for help okay their uh expectation of those who were going to help them was actually double so what that means is that is that if they thought that maybe only one person was going to help them or, you know, answer their request. It was actually two people that were willing to abide by the request. I thought that that was very interesting. So you have to psych yourself before you get ready to ask somebody for help. Make sure you remind yourself that the success rate of asking for help and getting that help that you're asking for is actually very high. Okay. Number two, be specific about what it is that you need. Okay. A lot of times as human beings, when we have anxiety or shame around asking for help, we like to drop little hints. Okay. That is a guaranteed way to not get the help that you need. Okay. Take some time. Really think about what it is that you need from a person, from a situation, from an organization, your children, your job, your spouse, whatever. Really think about what it is that you need and then say that. Literally say that. Now, sometimes childhood trauma makes that hard for us to do. Sometimes, you know, other rejection situations in the past maybe not have worked out. But we're on a new path, a new journey. Remember, we're breaking those generational thought patterns. So be specific about what it is that you need. You might need to take some time to yourself to figure out what that is before you go and ask for help. OK, number three, be mindful of your approach. OK, always ask for help in person if you can. Okay, if you have something serious that you need help with, uh, maybe filling out an application or maybe uh, leads to a job, something important like that, um, you always want to try to ask for help in person if you can. Now, sometimes that's not possible. Or sometimes the request is too big, or maybe the request is very awkward. You know, we have different things in this human experience that we need help with. And in those cases, when the request is big or it's very awkward, sending an email or a text is all right, okay? Always make sure when you're being mindful of your approach and asking for help that you always give a gentle out if you can. So an example of a gentle out is like, I can understand if this is something that you can't do right now. You want to avoid phrases like you don't have to if you don't want to, okay? That is just riddled with fear when you say stuff like that. Listen, 
ask for the help that you need. Be mindful of your approach when you're asked. Okay. Number four, this is a big one. Excuse me. I had to learn this on my own. Ask the right person for the help that you need. Okay. Target the help that you need based on the strengths of the person. Okay. Like, for example, asking a family member or a friend who is super judgmental uh, for emotional advice about a breakup, that might not be smart. Okay. Asking a person who's not good at their finances for financial advice might not be the best thing. So it's your job to assess the strengths and the weaknesses of those who you have around you on a consistent basis. And then you base your help or you base the, the people that you ask based on that. Okay. This includes your partner. Okay. Sometimes your partner may not have the strength that you need in order for them to give you what you need. Okay. Be mindful of that and make sure you just are asking the right person when you are asking for help. And then last, but certainly not least, it's part of the skill when it comes to asking for help. Always, 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 follow up your help with a thank you, okay? Especially if that person is able to say yes, okay? Sometimes they may say no, or maybe they just really and truly can't help you. Thank you anyway is a is a magic potion, okay? If they do help you, whether it's by text, whether it's by email, however it is that you get it in there that you are thankful and you are showing gratitude for their help, make sure that you do that, okay? Thank you, you guys. Scientifically and spiritually goes a very, very, very long way. And I'm learning that as well as I age, okay? All right, business tip. Part of Daily De Niro business tip. I got three tips on how you can help your business. Okay. These are small, simple, free things that you can do to help your business as we rise uh, inflation and how we're on this quarter current shortage of things, all of that. Okay. Three things that you can do to help your business. Okay. Number one, in this time of crisis with everything being super high, do not confuse branding with packaging. Okay. What that means is when you are packaging your product, okay, that might be completely separate to how you might brand or market your product, and that is totally okay, okay? Don't be attached to one way of presenting your service or your product. What you can do to kind of figure out what which one it is that works best for your audience is you can launch a survey, okay? And there's all kind of free survey. Survey Monkeys is a really good one. Launch a survey and see what your audience is attracted to. Okay. Next thing you can do to help protect your business on this crazy rise of inflation and shortage of, of products and services and, and supplies is you can not ignore your customer base. Okay. And what that means is you, whatever product or uh, service that you sell, there is a very specific demographic that is attracted to you. Okay. And I, I never really knew about this type of thing until maybe season, I want to say three of Heartbreak Hill podcast, when I really started into like building a team and to people that can help me with this type of stuff, there are specific people who want what you are giving in your business. Okay. Find out who they are, track who they are, see where they live, see their age group. Okay. And then you market specifically to that demographic. Okay. You can do this by uh, simple things like website analytics. If you go on Google and you Google uh, what free website analytics, you can, uh, there's like certain codes that you can hook up. Okay, to your website where they will track stuff like that for you. They will track, you know, and tell you where these people are coming from that are buying, things like that. Okay. Uh, like I said, you can get this type of programming by doing a free Google search and you just type in free website analytics. And whatever it is that pops up, make sure there's no spam or anything like that. You use those analytics and you attack 
Okay. Last but certainly not least, and this is a big one that's going on right now. So listen close when it comes to protecting your business with all the rah-rah that's going around right now. Okay. Do not take out any business loans right now. Okay. In just a little while, just like in all the other times in history, rates and things like that are going to drop. And I know that it is very attractive. Okay, we have plenty of, I don't want to say any names, but there are a lot of big banks and a lot of big businesses that are promising you zero down, uh, you know, interest free. Listen, there are tricks to that. There are tricks to that, okay? You might also be tempted to uh, do things in, in terms of your business, like uh, different loans that may not be uh, bank-related or may not be related to specific financial industries, but like loans on help. I've been getting a lot of... Um, a lot of questions in regards to like loans or, or excuse me, uh, businesses or services who are offering to maybe fund your business or help your business. Listen, those nothing in this world is free. Nothing in this world is free. If you don't pay for it with your money, you're going to pay for it with your time. Do not take out any loans right now. Do not add any extra servicing or outsourcing people right now at this time. OK. You will survive this. Keep it light, keep it steady, keep track of your business's expenses, and you will survive this crunch because according to economics uh, and economists all over the world, it's almost over, okay? Last but not least, before we wrap up, Daily De Niro Bible, okay? Remember, we're talking about your body, your business, and your Bible. Did you guys know that all Bibles, all Bibles across this world, okay, have 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament? Okay. However, there are additional books that are accepted in different branches of Christianity. Okay. So for example, the people that are Protestant, the Protestant Bible has 66 books. Okay. The Catholic Bible has 73 books. Okay. The Orthodox Church, okay, does not have a universally approved biblical canon. So that just means that they, uh, there's not like a specific set number of books that the Orthodox Church is used. Actually, the Orthodox Bible can be anywhere from 79 to 86 books. Okay. Now, the simple, the, the theologians argue about this all the time, you guys, but the simple explanation of why this is, is that the people who founded the church or the people that, um, who started the different branches of Christianity? Let me just, let me let me say that correctly, okay? So like the Lutheran Church, things like that. Martin Martin Luther is, is a is a good uh, person to look up. He's one of the people that started the Lutheran Church, okay? Um, they removed certain books from the Bible, okay? This includes several several books from the highly debated Apocrypha, which means of doubted authority. Okay, so when you hear people that are not Christian saying that uh, there are different books of the Bible and things like that, that is actually true. But there's two things that you should know about that. Okay, for number one, all of those books are accessible for you to read. They're not low key hidden or anything like that under some uh, well or under some drab fire breathing dragon under the Vatican or anything. You can you can access all books of the Bible if you would like to. Okay. If you are in the Catholic faith, for example, you can access all 73 books. It's simple. We have the internet people. There's nothing to hide here. And the second thing that you should know is not only do you have access to all of the books of the Bible, okay, all what they say this the Orthodox Church has anywhere between 79 and 86 86 books. You can access all of them for free online. There's no secret. The second thing that you should know is that none of them deviate from the gospel or the gift of salvation, which is the most important part of following Christ. Now, how to forgive your parents. This is a deep one, you guys. 
I really, really, really want you to get comfortable. I want you to lock in. We did go ahead and pay for over an hour to go ahead and talk about this. But I promise you, if you're really listening, you really are honed in, it's not going to be that long. Keep it locked. After this commercial, we're going to be talking about how to forgive your parents. Stay tuned. Here at Heartbreak Hill Podcast, we realize that you could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to be here with us, and we appreciate you. Rose Gold will be back in just a moment to finish the content for today. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Channel 17 on Speak Minneapolis Network, you can find Heartbreak Hill Podcast. RoseGoldLenses.com has all the unique sunglasses and accessories for the season. Heartbreak Hill Podcast is now offering podcast services, production, host training, interview training, as well as launch planning. To find out more information about the services that we now offer, please visit HeartbreakHillPodcast.com. On October 10th, 2022, our ebook, Anyone Can, how to set up, create, and launch a worldwide podcast and make six figures while doing it will be available for purchase on our website. This is an ebook you will not want to miss. While you're at it, please join our private Facebook group, Heartbreakers. There you will find daily inspiration as well as tips and tricks on how to recognize unhealthy relationship behavior. The link to join the private group is in the description. If you are in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, or surrounding suburban areas, Here to Serve Mobile Nerdery is able to help with all of your document and business solution needs. They are offering virtual notary services, document consultation, immigration document consultation, unclaimed property, and much more. If you'd like to know more about these services as well as get a quote, please send an email to htsnotary at gmail.com. If you are interested in promoting your business on our channel, please send an email to hbhp at heartbreakhillpodcast.com. All right. Thank you so much for watching. Listen, if you are just now tuning in, we are talking about a very heavy topic today. Okay. And that topic is how to forgive your parents. Just want to share a little bit real quickly. Um, I just got done taking this journey last year. I'm 28 years old. I will be 29 in November. And I spent most of my life, especially my teenage years, uh, mad at my parents. Real mad. Um, My parents, just a little background, both of them addicts. Um, and both of them abandoned me kind of in their own way. I had a period of my life where I wasn't living with my mom and a lot of, um, life-changing things happened to me while I was away from her. Um, at when I was smaller, being sexually abused, uh, just, there were a lot of things that I felt like were their fault. Okay. There were a lot of things that they did to me directly. Okay, that uh, I had a hard time forgiving them for. Uh, But this episode really stemmed and why I felt that it was so important to um, talk about it right now is because last, uh, not last week, I think the week before last, last episode, just put it like that. um, I did a, a segment on spotting predators in your home and I received 
now, well, at the time that I that I was getting ready to promote this episode, it was about 200, but now it's to about maybe 500. Uh, I think maybe what is that? It's about it's about maybe 471 emails now from people who have been sexually abused uh, by their parents or uh, by their step parents. And if they didn't fall into one of those two categories, like maybe it wasn't their biological parents or their step parents that, that did that to them. Uh, they told their parents and their parents did nothing about it. Okay, they told their moms or their dads or whatever. They weren't believed, whatever the case may be. And that is something that people have been carrying for a very, very long time. That is something that people have been unable to forgive their parents about. But there are other things, perhaps, that your parents have done. Maybe they did not rape you. Maybe they did not molest you. Maybe there were other things. But this episode, I'm going to give you actual strategies and actual tips that you can put into practice today. Okay? That will help you forgive your parents. Okay. Now, as just kind of a, a, a framework, some of you know, some of you don't know that I do counsel individuals, right? Now, when I counsel people, I take a scientific and a theology approach, okay? Because I don't believe that you can really heal from something or um, get better with something without those two things, okay? I don't believe that you should just pray things away. Okay, but I also don't believe that you can leave God out if you really and truly want to be delivered from something. Okay, so something as deep and as uh, intimate as your relationship with your parents, there is both a scientific and theological approach that we have to keep in mind. And so, in order to illustrate that, I have two laws that I want to present to you while I talk to you about forgiving your parents. Okay, uh, these two laws, um, they are in place whether you believe them or not. Okay, so so just like gravity, you don't have to believe in gravity for it to be true. All right, if you go to the top of any building right now and you jump off of it, I don't care what you believe in, I don't care what you think is true, you're gonna come crashing down and you're probably gonna hurt yourself real bad or that. Okay, so these two laws that I'm going to tell you, one of them is based on a scientific law, and one is one of them is based on a law that is law, excuse me, that is presented in the Bible. Okay, they are true whether you want to believe them or not. All right. The first one is the law of conservation of energy. Now I'll tell you how this ties into parenting or forgiving your parents in just a second, but hear me out, okay? The first one that I want you guys to take note of while you're listening to me today is the law of conservation of energy. Now, according to this law, and there's a whole, there's there's plenty and tons of books and everything about this law because it's actually something else. It's really mind blowing. And I'm not a science person. I don't even like science really like that. But this law right here, applies to so many different areas besides science that it, that it blew my mind, okay? So law of conservation of energy. What it is, is according to the law of conservation of energy, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can be transformed, it's transferred, excuse me, or it can be changed from one form to another. So the transference of energy, law of conservation of energy means that energy cannot be destroyed, okay? That's the first thing I want you to keep in mind as I'm talking today. And the second thing I want you to keep in mind is that children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. That is from Psalms 127, 
3. So chapter 127, verse 3 says, children are a gift from the Lord and they are a reward from him. So regardless of who your baby daddy is or who your baby mama is, or if you had your child as a teenager, or maybe you had your child when you weren't married, however it came to be, children are a reward. Okay. These two laws of this universe will not only help you forgive your parents, but it'll also help you understand what happens if you don't. Okay. Now, I don't know what your parents did to you. I just know that I'm sorry for whatever that they did do to you. If you had a parent that raped you, biological or step, or maybe it was a guardian, guardian, whoever was put in that place to have you as a reward. And they abused you. They raped you. They molested you. Maybe they just really, really broke your self-esteem down. Maybe they ignored you. Maybe they turned a blind eye to somebody abusing you. Maybe they never accepted you. Maybe they were on drugs and were unable to be there for you on any type of level. Whatever it is that they did, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that I am sorry that they did that to you. And I'm telling you that because there's a chance that you may not get a sorry from your parents. Maybe they don't know how to say that they're sorry. Maybe they have already went on to glory and they can apologize to you. But you have to know that that sort of brokenness that comes from your parents, I have experienced. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Okay. I need you to know that real joy, peace, potential on this earth and living happiness here, not waiting until you get to heaven, but living happiness and living a peace-filled life here on this earth, aside from accepting Christ, is tied to forgiving your parents, okay? Some of the reasons why you pick women that are not of good quality, why you date men that abuse you and mistreat you, why you may have promiscuous behavior, why you can't really be faithful to a woman like you really want to, or you can't be faithful to a man that you really want to, is because you are harboring unforgiveness towards your parents. I need you to know that I need you to let that sit for a second. Because all of your potential is tapped into what was going on before you. Whenever you hear people talk about their ancestors, people like to think that I'm anti-ancestral because I don't believe in praying to your ancestors or calling on them for help. I don't. But I would never, I would be a fool to sit here and tell you that what happened to your ancestors is not important because it is. There are certain things that have been passed down to you. And if you do not forgive your parents, those things will stay with you. Okay. Now, the second law that I told you was a Bible verse. And it says that children are a gift. They are, they are a reward from God. I want to just explore that a little bit. What does reward mean? Okay. Re reward means, and this is in any kind of language, you know, this is not just biblical terms. And that's why I say the Bible is so cold. I recommend you get you one and you read it on a daily basis because it can apply to, it can apply to anyone, anytime, any place. Okay. Reward, no matter how you phrase it or flip that up and down means you have ran the race, okay? You have put in the work, sacrifice, and hardship. And in turn, for whatever it is that you did, you are being compensated with a reward, okay? Why is that, impo why is that important for you to know about your parents? That is because 
up until your parents had you, and this doesn't matter if you're the oldest or the youngest or whatever the case may be, because the Bible don't say it's the first, middle, or second child. It just says that children are a reward. What that means, I need you to know what that means. That means that everything that your parents have been through up until the point where your mother got pregnant with you, the traumas, the pain, the hurt, you, the person listening to me and looking at me, you were their reward. You were their good thing that God decided to bless them with. Now, why I want to illustrate that to you is because it is impossible to hate a reward. There is no, you might not, you may not even appreciate the reward like you're supposed to. Like maybe some, there's sometimes where uh, I have fans sometimes send stuff to my P.O. box, right? And I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like in, in terms of like, it's not something that I would pick, you know, if I was at the store. Most of the time it's Harry Potter stuff, but other times it's just like, you know, shirts or like little uh, gadgets. Like somebody has sent me uh, like a, 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 what do you call them things? Those watches that hang on a string. Somebody has sent me a yo-yo. Those are things that I would never, ever, ever, ever use. Okay. However, those are things and gifts that people send me to show me their appreciation for the, the work that we do here at Heartbreak Hill Podcast. It's not just for me. Sometimes people send uh, buckets of stuff for me and my staff, which I highly appreciate. But you can never, ever hate a reward. Okay. So scientifically, no matter how horrible, no matter how sick, and twisted and deviant your parents may have been to you it is impossible for them to hate you on a scientific and spiritual level do you know that there are certain type of scientific things that bind you to your parents when you are in your mother's room to your mother and your father even if they are pieces of crap scientific bonds happen this is why forgiving them is so important because you can't really live on a mental level or a spiritual spiritual level without that you understand what i'm saying it's impossible for them to hate you Okay. Even if your parents had you as a teenager, okay. And the reason I keep saying that is because a lot of times people like to think that children are mistakes. There are sometimes mistakes in choosing parents. There's plenty of us who have picked the wrong baby mother, plenty of us who have picked the wrong baby father. That has nothing to do with the child being the reward. Okay. I'm telling you this so that you can know what I'm getting ready to get into here in today's episode is that your parents went through some things before you were born. And in order for you to have had been born, those things had to be very, very deep. Otherwise, there would be no reward. You only get reward for races that you run. You only get rewards for overcoming things. So whether you see it or you know it or not, and maybe nobody will ever tell you. In order for God to have blessed your parents with you, there are some things that they had to overcome before you were born, whether you know it or not. Okay? Just let that simmer and let that sit. Okay? Impossible to hate your reward. Energy is not destroyed. It, it, it can only be transferred. Okay? Two laws. So why did they hurt you? If you are such a gift and you are such a reward to your parents, why did they rape you? Why did they abandon you? Why did they not protect you? Why did they beat you? Okay, why did they bring you down? Why? Why did they do that to you? This is where the law of conservation of energy comes into place. Energy is not destroyed. 
it is transferred. Now, something that I have been learning as I've been combining theology with science for counseling people is that whenever you see the word energy in science, you can translate that to spirits. Okay. So in this talk today, when you hear me talk about transferring energy, I'm talking about the transference of spirits. Okay. The reason why your parents were able to do horrible, unspeakable things to you, why they were able to abandon you, abuse you, beat you, whatever it is that they did to you, okay? It was a transference of spirits from generations before them. Now, the correct term for this is generational curses, okay? I can tell you this. Generational curses are passed down in one or two ways, unconfessed sins or unconfessed hurt. So it is a thousand percent likely that your parents only did to you what was done to them. Maybe not in the exact way. Do you understand me? So just because your, your father, you was, a, you was a, a boy or a girl and maybe your father uh, uh, beat you. It doesn't always necessarily mean that they were beat, but they were abused in some type of way. You see what I'm saying? This is a, this is a, this is, listen, let me get serious because I need you to know that this is a hundred percent true. There is no way people don't just wake up one day and think I'm going to rape my child. I'm going to rape my daughter. They don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to abuse my child or abandon my kids. There was a transference of energy. Remember the law of conservation. Okay, that energy, those spirits were passed down from generation and generation to generation, and then it came to you. So if you ever wondered why your parents may have did something to you, I'm telling you 100 percent right now that the reason why that they were able to do and stomach the things that they maybe did to you over and over and over again is because it was done to this. I'm going to show you facts about this in my own life in just a minute, but I, I really want to set that front, that framework. Okay. Now, this is why forgiveness is so important. Okay. The same exact way that you feel about your parents is the same exact way that your children will one day feel about you. You might not molest your kids. You may not beat on your kids. You might not even abandon them. But you know how I know that that's true? That one day the same way that you feel about your parents is how your kids are going to feel about you. It's the law of conservation of energy. That hurt, that guilt, that shame, that, that anger, that hate that you have for your parents, it don't go nowhere. It's transferred. It's transferred. This is why forgiving them is so important. Now, what most people try to do when it comes to their parents, they try to get rid of the law of conservation. You know what they try to do? Even though they hate their parents or they don't like their parents or they strongly are disgusted with their parents, they try to will their way into being a better parent. So like, if you know, if you see a parent that maybe was abandoned or abused or something like that, they might try to spoil their kids or they may say like, I'll never be like them. And they might try to shelter them too much. You know what I mean? Things like that. It doesn't work. 
Okay, so here, here's an example of, of, of how this does not work. So let's say a boy child grows up without a father and he meets a girl. Now, more than likely, if he's never been fathered correctly, your first baby mama that you pick, nine times out of 10, she's not going to be the one that you marry. She wasn't the right one. Same for my girls out here. Okay, a girl grows up without a mother or a father, whichever figure, pick somebody, have a baby by them. Well, I'm using a boy example right now, but just know that this can work for boys and girls. Boy child grows up without a father. He meets a girl, gets her pregnant. They have a baby, okay? They end up, he ends up around the wrong crowd, around the wrong circle of influence. Now, mind you, he was abandoned by his father. So in his mind, he's trying everything in his power to not be like his daddy. He's trying everything in his mind to not be like his father. But here's what ends up happening because he, he he tries to do that so hard, okay? Ends up getting around the wrong crowd, influence wrong, you know, looking for that fire father figure. He's on the block. He got some older cats that send him off, tell him, give him a pack, send him off. He's on his way to the penitentiary, goes to prison for selling drugs. Now, that same shame, that same hurt that he had as a child that was never dealt with, he has now passed on to his child because you in prison. And even if you're the type of prison parent that talk to your kids every day, you're not out here to protect them from this life. You're not out to hold their hand and have some type of input and say on the things that happen in their life. Do you see how that can happen? Another, another, another example. A girl is raped by her stepfather. I'll give you a deeper one because somebody actually wrote, wrote into this. She was raped by her actual father, biological father, raped her over and over and over and over again as a child. Mother never did anything about it. Hated the both of them. She hated them both for a very long time. Her daughter grows up, gets raped on campus. She does nothing. The same girl who had all of this hurt and anger toward her mother and father for what was done to her, does nothing about her own child being abused on campus at college energy, spirits, they are not destroyed. They are transferred. Okay. Another instance that I got, somebody wrote into the podcast, a boy is raped by his father. and He never tells anyone about it. Nobody on this earth walking this world knows that he was raped by his father as a child. He grows up to a life of crime and drugs in and out of jail, in and out of prison for most of his life. And now, even though he's not raping his own children, they feel that same guilt, that same shame, and that same hurt that was put on him by his father. Energy is not destroyed. It is transferred. And I believe the reason why you are here listening to me today it's because God wants you to break that cycle. He wants you to break this cycle of transferring that those same type of spirits and energies onto your, your children. Okay? There are certain things that you do not know about your parents, especially if they were crappy parents. If you have bad parents, and by bad parents, I mean those who may have touched you, raped you, molested you, beat you, abandoned you, whatever, whatever you consider to be bad. OK, because that's to be honest, that's that's 
that's up for grabs for anybody, okay? Bad parenting is subjective to who you're asking. But overall, okay, before I give you these lists of things to do, I need you to know that there are certain things that you just do not know about your parents. There are certain things that they did and that they went through that you just do not know, okay? We're going to address that in a little bit, but there are reasons behind they were able to cause you the hurt that they caused you, okay? Forgiving them is not accepting what they did to you. Forgiving them is releasing the bondage that they have on your heart that is blocking you from being who you want to be in this world. Now, forgive but not forget. I'm sorry, you guys, but that is a demonic statement to me. Because when you say forgive but don't forget, I know what people mean that to mean. They mean it to mean I forgive you for what you've done, but I'm keeping a mental uh, note of what you did. You are still in bondage. What you do, it's not forgive but not forgive. It's it's forgive, okay? And you forgive the offense. You forget the emotion of hate, guilt, and shame that you feel towards them. That's how it's supposed to be properly worded. Not that you forget what they did because everything that was done to you in this lifetime is going to help you in some type of way or it's going to help others. And I know that can be hard to kind of uh, uh, get in your mind, especially around things like rape and things like that. I know that that's hard, but, but just follow me with this, okay? You forgiving them is a release of them being in debt with you. Some of us have identities like me. I have my identity built around the hurt and the pain and the shame that my parents caused me. I had a whole identity built around that. Okay. I had to forget that. And before I could forget that old part of me, I had to forgive them. And again, forgiving them is not saying what you did was okay. Forgiving them is saying, I release you. And even though I don't like what you did, I understand maybe why it happened. That is what real true forgiveness is. God will avenge you. He will. Okay. But you have to forget the emotion in order for you to fully heal. And that's why when you hear people say forgiveness is a process, it is. It takes a little while for you to get to the point where every time you see your parents face or every time you think about what they did, you're not hurt no more. It takes time. Okay. Now here are a few signs before we get into the actual steps to take. Here are a few signs that you haven't forgiven your parents, okay? You are disrespectful in your speech or in your actions towards men or women. You have a hard time being faithful to one partner, okay? You stay in relationships that are abusive or toxic. You are turned on by to toxic things. You have an addiction to drugs or alcohol, okay? You are okay with being a side chick or the side man. And by the way, if you know that the person you are with is lying to you and you know that they are maybe living with somebody else and you still deciding to freak on them, you are not free from this uh, category of side chick or side man. You're also not free from the consequences or the karma of that, okay? You do reap what you sow in this world. And just because you are Choosing to accept that person telling you that they are single, that doesn't free you up in any type of way, okay? Part of that is your unforgiveness towards your parents. I don't know why I felt the need to say that, but I felt the need to say that, okay? Um, if you uh, have a, a strange relationship with your own children, that's a big sign that you have not forgiven your parents, okay? Now, let's get into the actual steps because I have a total of, I believe, seven of them 
that I want to go ahead and I want to give and, and kind of drop off to you guys today in terms of what exactly it is that you should do. OK, um, the first thing that it, it is that you need to do if you want to forgive your parents, OK, is you have to tell somebody what your parents, your parents or your guardian did to you. Every detail. Everything that you feel. You need to purge that out of your soul. In order to start the healing process. Now, some of it is embarrassing. Some of it is shameful. Some of it you have never talked about out loud. And that's part of the reason why God hasn't been able to bless you and really give you certain things that you need in your life to take you to the next level. It's because it's being blocked by what you are carrying. OK, this is the absolute first steps, purging that, cleansing your heart and your mind of that shame and guilt and hurt that was, remember, transferred onto you by what they did to you. OK, as long as you keep what your parents did to you a secret, you will remain sick, not only in your mind, but in your soul and in your body. You will remain in bondage and you will never reach your full potential. You might have an OK life. There may even be lights, you know, in your life that come here and there, but you will never be to where you are supposed to be. OK, you can choose how you want to purge this information. For me, when I did my purge and I talked about what was done to me, it was done in therapy. But not everybody believes in therapy. So you get this purged out however you know how. But one thing I can tell you is that it has to fall on a human ear. When you are purging, especially something that you maybe have never talked about before, journaling is good for your emotions about what happened. And I, and I support that. But there is something the way that God wired us, that the things that happen to you have to be said out loud. And now why is that? For one is how God made us. And for two, remember, energy cannot be destroyed. It has to be transferred. And when you speak out of your mouth, all of your words are, 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 are creating lives. They have lives and they have they have meanings of their own whenever you speak. So when you speak out loud, what happened to you? Not only are you confessing and getting rid of that guilt and that shame that was transferred onto you, but you are transferring it out of you. That's why it has to fall on human ears. Now, you may not have a therapist, you may not have a pastor, or you may not even have somebody in your life that you trust. That's what the crisis hotline is for. There are hotlines and there are uh, sexual abuse hotlines. These people will never see you. They don't know your name. They will never, ever, ever know who you are. But in order to cleanse yourself, I'm going to have a whole list put on. It's probably going to be done by, by next week here. Well, you'll be able to go in the resource tab of heartbreakhillpodcast.com. There's a resource tab where we have three resources. And there will be a list of hotlines that you will be able to call to do this first step. It's the first step that you must take. You must take it. Okay. From now until the day that you die. God is going to be sending reminders like this, like the one I just gave you, that you got to get that out your heart, that you got to cleanse your soul. You're going to be getting those reminders from the from now until the day that you die to get that out of your soul, to transfer those spirits of hurt, shame and guilt by way of confession out of your mouth. OK. These people that are on the other ends of these hotlines, 
They have heard it all. So don't feel ashamed. Your therapist, your counselor, your pastor, they've heard it all. Trust me. There's nothing now that people come in and talk to me about that I have not heard. Absolutely nothing. And when I say nothing, y'all, I mean nothing. Things that they've never spoken about or said out loud. I'm not surprised or shocked or any of that. Okay. There is a huge God-sized hole in your heart and in your spirit that is filled with unforgiveness of your parents. And the first way to go ahead and combat that is to go ahead and get it out. Okay. The next thing that you need to do after you have decided to purge your soul and confess to somebody what was done to you or what wasn't done to you. Because mind you, not everybody that struggles with parental issues or unforgiveness, maybe their parents didn't do it to them. Maybe they didn't. the parents didn't do something about what was done to them. So after you have done that, okay, I want you to find out about your parents and I want you to find out about your grandparents. Even if your parents are no longer living, you can still find out about them. And when I say find out about them, find out how they grew up. Find out some of the things that they went through, okay? But even more importantly than that, because maybe you're not at a place where you just refuse to do that. I don't want nothing to do with them. Okay, find out about your grandparents at least, okay? This will tell you a lot about your parents, their belief system, and what they were, okay? And what they went through. When I found out that my grandfather dealt in incest and rape, and how he had done these horrible things to my cousins and my family and even his own children. I hated him. I'm being real with this. Is, this is real. I hated my grandmother for not doing anything about it for a very long time. I found this information out a few years ago. And then I was able to confirm it by, by way of, of other uh, investigations where I probably shouldn't have abused my power. But I was able to find, find it out through other ways as well to confirm this thing. But she did nothing about his brutality. And I hated her for that. I hated her for that. I hated my grandfather for the things and the pain and the, and the, and the brutalities that he had caused in his own household. How could you? What kind of monster man are you? I believe that all people that molest children or rape children should be castrated. This is where I'm coming from in my heart and what I thought about. Okay. Then I went on to find out how he was raised. I went on to find out how my grandfather was brought up around incest and rape. And in, and in the city in Alabama where he was from, not only was incest allowed, but it was encouraged for the process of breeding. Then I found out my grandmother, how she was raised and the brutalities that she experienced and she witnessed growing up in, a, in pretty much a, a, a similar setting in Alabama. Neither of them had dealt with the shame and the hurt and the brutalities that were caused. There was no science. There was no tools to teach them how to deal with those things. There were no rape hotlines that my grandfather could have called when those things were happening to him as a child. There were no domestic abuse, abuse shelters. There were no uh, battered women shelters. There were no rape or incest hotlines that my grandmother could have called when things like that were happening in her household. Okay. Same things with my mother. I used to be, a, and my father, I used to be so ashamed of them being on drugs and not being there for me when I needed them. But then I found out 
what my father went through in his home as a young boy. The atrocities that he went through in the prison systems by going to prison at a young age. And then not to mention, like I said, the things that were going on in his home. When I found out that my mother's parents, both of them, struggled with addictions throughout her childhood and her life. Something different happened. Instead of anger, I had a different type of understanding for them. Then I went on to find out about my grandmother. My mother's parents went on to find out about them and the atrocities that they went through. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The things that my grandmother had to witness, the things that my grandfather Gerard and I regret not getting to know him better while he lived on this earth. The things that he went through, the traumas that he experienced and how these things were just passed down in different ways. You understand what I'm saying? It gave me a different understanding. When you begin to do the research on your parents and your grandparents, you will find one of a few things. The first thing you will find is that they had no access to the resources that we have access to today. There's no education about feelings and how to deal with these things and what to do in these situations. Most of them, if they were black or brown like I am, or like maybe many of you that are watching with black or brown parents, the legal system was against them. So there was no such thing as like calling the police and getting help and things like that. There was none of that. Okay. Survival was the main goal for many of our parents. Survival was the main goal for many of our grandparents and great grandparents. And because they were so focused on surviving, however that may have looked like, there were certain things that did not make it through the cracks, okay? Next thing I want you to do. Oh, by the way, one last point. It may be difficult because there are some things that your, your parents won't talk to you about. By the way, the things that I found out, uh, some of them I found out from my grandparents, but, but uh, especially on my father's side, these were things that I had to actually research and find out on my own by way of other family members, extended family members and things like that. So you may have to ask around a little bit. Don't be afraid to go back and ask family members. Maybe you've never talked to them a day in your life. This is worth building a relationship with them for. Maybe you've had a grudge against that side of the family, but if you're serious about forgiving your parents, you reach out to those families and friends, even if you don't have a relationship with them and you figure out what it was and how they were and what types of things that they went through. Okay. Next point. Find out what was happening in history during the time your parents were growing up. This is very important. See, there are certain laws and historical factors that helped shape who you are. For example, that incest thing that I told you about with my grandpa Lee, okay? There were no laws in the 1920s and 30s when he grew up, especially in Alabama, to protect kids against stuff like that, okay? There were no agencies or help or treatment centers for my other grandparents who struggled with addiction. And my grandmother's mother, who had dealings of incest in her own family, okay? There was no help for that. There were no laws in place against that, okay? Lots of us 90s and 80s babies, I'm a 90s baby, okay? We grew up in an era where our parents were either in drugs or addicted to crack or coke in some type of way. Did you know that at one point in time, crack and coke was the thing to do? 
It was just like how weed is today. Some people ended up getting weaned off of it. Others did not. But it used to be the happening thing of the times. Just so that you know, before you judge your crackhead parent or you judge, judge your heroin addict uh, family member or parent, okay, understand that at one time that was the thing to do. Okay. Another thing that I want you to know, this is specifically for us that are 90s and 80s babies. A lot of our fathers and mothers were institutionalized in the prison system. Okay. Did you know that part? And, and by institutionalized, institutionalized has a few different uh, definitions, but it's, it's a person that keeps going back to jail over and over and over and over and over because they have learned how to survive in jail. Okay. That's essentially what institutionalized means. But do you know that a lot of the institutionalized parents of ours and why they kept going back to prison over and over and over and over is due to the abuse that happened in jails and in prison systems, especially against our black and brown men. Let me tell you something that you probably did not know. Okay. Up until 2003, there were no federal laws that protected prisoners, men and women against rape. So that means that a 17 year old boy could go to jail for stealing a car or anything like that, whatever. And be in the same cell as a 55-year-old, 235-pound man. That means that if your mother went to prison and, and during any time before 2003, and this still goes on today, but it's much less now, okay? Prior to 2003, when PRIA, the Prison Rape Elimination Act, was inducted into our systems, okay? There was no demand for investigations about rape. There was no, you know, there were hospitals and things like that, but there were no, uh, right now, if you get raped in jail, you go through a physical examination, you meet with a counselor, they split you up from the person. Right now, did you know that when you go to prison today, the reason why you are able to be amongst the people in your age group and why you are put into sales with people that are, that are of your similar build, supposed to anyway, is because of this Prison Rape Elimination Act. That was enacted into 2003. Ask some of your old school people that, that were in prison prior to 2003, and they will confirm to you what, what was true. So many of our men and women were brutalized and turned inside out. And that is part of the reason why they continued. They couldn't be there for you, and they continue to go to jail back to back to back and back. There's a lot of things you don't know. By the way, side note, this ain't even in the notes, but it's worth saying. Did you know that the Bush administration act, the, excuse me, the Bush administration is who came up with PRIA? Feel how you want to feel about the Bush administration. But it was because of his administration that the Prison Rape Elimination Act went into effect. And then there came a point in time that, that some states like Texas were saying, no, we're not going to follow this because they were so deep rooted in racism. They were throwing black boys in the cells with white supremacist, right? white supremacist males and allowing them to be raped over and over and over again. Same with women. So what they started to do, whether it is a part of this act, they started to take money away from the prisons. And if you know anything about the prison system, it's a billion dollar industry. They started to hit their pockets and they were forced to put these things into act. So just a little side note there, when the Bible says that every person that, that is appointed to administration that you should respect the laws of the land, every president that we had did something to help us so that we can live comfortably today. Like I said, if it wasn't for this PRIA 
act. That's the only reason some of you are able to go to jail and be amongst your peers. Because before that, you'll be in a, in, in, in a cell with somebody like Melvin from Baby Boy. And ain't nothing you can do when somebody like that come for you in the middle of the night. I know what I'm talking about. I counsel men like this all the time. I'm not being funny. This is a serious thing. Let me move along. Okay. Look into when you are looking into the past of your parents and into your grandparents. I want you to also make note of the laws that were in effect, the laws that were in history at that time. They played a part. I'm telling you that they did. Okay. The next thing that I want you to do, if you are serious about forgiving your parents, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you are serious about forgiving your parents and really getting ready to thrive and live the life that you do, that you were promised here on this earth to live. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You can start doing it by forgiving your parents is I want you to create a genogram. Okay. Now, what is a genogram? There's going to be a template for it, a free template that you can use. A genogram is like a, uh, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's how I, I, I've always said it. So they make, uh, if, if anybody that you know who's in the uh, mental health field has had to do one of these. And when I did mine, I cried. I had to do mine, my third year of school, and I cried when I did mine. Okay. What is a genogram? A genogram is something like a family tree. But instead of it being a, a tree of you just saying where people come from. So on one side, you got your grandparents. OK, on your mom's side and you got your grandparents on your dad's side. And then you got your mom and your dad, your, your mom on this side and her siblings, just like how you would create a family tree. But a genogram, you have to put characteristics of people and the things that they struggled with. And you also have to illustrate the relationships between those people. OK, look up genogram when you get it get a chance. It's G-E-N-O and then Graham, G-R-A-M. Okay. And you'll see uh, examples of this. And the reason why this is an important step in you forgiving your parents is because you will get to see some of those energies or those spirits that have been transferred down generation after generation. Addiction. That was the number one thing that I seen on both sides of my family tree. Rape, both sides of the family tree. Domestic violence, both sides of the family tree. Incarceration, both sides of the family tree. All of these things that people have struggled with. You didn't do it. Your, your parents, you, you went to your parents and you didn't tell them. They, they did nothing about you being raped or molested or they didn't do anything about you. I promise you, if you do this genogram, you will see evidence of that. If not in your mother's generation or your father's generation, in the generation before. Because spirits like that, even the ability to be silent about something so critical is a generational thing. Your parents were learned that. Your parents were taught that. They were taught not to take something like that so serious. Or maybe they just weren't taught what to do. Whatever the case may be, when you create your genogram, okay, you will be able to see the things that have been passed down. And you'll also see why it's so hard for you. You'll see why you struggle with certain things. You'll see why maybe you being you not being able to be faithful to a woman is hard because nobody in your family has ever did it. You'll see why you keep picking men that are predators. Because every woman in your family before you had husbands or married 
people that were predators. You'll see this in your family line. Put it on paper. It'll give you a picture. Okay? When, when you're done and when, when you are done with your genogram, you should have a whole bunch of boxes and circles and you should be able to see and reference different generational things that have been passed down. Again, I'm going to have a free template for this along with the the, uh, hotlines that I said where you have to purge your soul, heartbreakhealpodcast.com. It'll be under the resource tab on our website, okay? The next thing that you must do, and this is arguably one of the most important because this is what helped me. When I found out, you guys, when I began to forgive my parents and I found out the things that they had been through and the things that they had uh, endured, I cried for two days. I, I, I mean, I wept for two days straight. I didn't answer any calls. I didn't see any clients. I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything for two days straight because that's how much of a load was released because one of the key instances of forgiving your parents is understanding. And when you begin to do this research, which is all free, it doesn't cost you a dime. When you begin to see and you begin to know what they went through and they, what they endured, a different type of understanding comes about you. And, and, and it's it's a release that comes about in your heart and in your spirit. OK, again, it's not excusing them because there is no excuse for raping your child. There's no excuse for doing nothing about your child being frontled with. But there is a level of understanding that can help you get rid of that hate in your heart towards them. OK. So here's the next step. And this is very important. You have to ask for help from the Trinity, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's two things that happen when you ask for help, and it doesn't have to be some long, fancy prayer. Oh, Holy Spirit, you don't have to speak in tongues and do all of this. Listen, if you've never called on God before. I don't care if you're even not a believer in Christ. Without the help of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you cannot forgive your parents. Because there's a few things that's going to happen when you invite the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son to help you forgive your parents. There's a few things that will take place. The first thing that will take place is God will begin to bless you for honoring your parents. There's a lot of different things in the Bible. And there's a lot of commandments in the Bible, right? But only a few of them have promises attached to them. And one of the two big ones are paying your tithes. There's a big, there's a, a guaranteed promise that you, you will have overflow if you pay your tithes. And then when you honor your parents, there's no better way to honor your parents than to ask God every day to help you forgive them and to, and to bless them. Those are the two things that you do on a daily basis. You say, God, help me to forgive my parents today. And while you're at it, Lord, bless them. You know what you're doing? You are honoring your parents. Now, when the Bible gives the command to honor your mother and father, it has a promise attached to it that says things will be well for you. I am a living witness to them. When I begin to pray, no better way to honor your parents than to pray for them. Ask for forgiveness for yourself to to help you for help for forgiving them and to ask God to bless them. No greater way to honor. Let me tell you something. I started to go viral. I started to get brand views. My money got bigger. I started to have clarity about my future. People that had never wanted to do business with me before started to reach out. Favor came onto my life when I began to pray for my parents. I'm not guessing. 
This is why I say, even if you're not a believer, believe in what I'm telling you here. This is the truth in the booth right here. When you pray for your parents, when you ask God, God, help me to forgive my parents. Bless my parents. You don't have to even go into depth and in detail because I'm going to tell you something. When you first start doing this on a daily basis for your parents, it's going to be hard. It is because especially if they did something to you traumatic, like, you know, ignored you when you told them somebody was hurting you or maybe they did. They the ones that actually hurt you or they abused you or some type of way or something like that. Or maybe they neglected you or stuff like that. It's going to be it's going to be hard for you to do this. But do it. Set an alarm on your phone every day before you go to bed. or When you wake up. Holy Spirit, help me. Forgive my parents. God, bless my parents while you're at it. While you're helping me forgive them, bless them. I promise you, you guys, from last year to now, I'm telling you, my life has made a 360 in ways that have nothing to do with my parents. Nothing to do with my parents. My parents ain't got nothing to do with me going viral. I'm just saying, like, you know, my parents ain't even on TikTok and nothing like that. I'm just telling you, though, that these things happen when God sees that you are forgiving your parents and you are honoring them. So daily, it could be something simple, but as soon as you, it has to be every day because that's the only way that it's going to work. Lord, please come into my heart. Remove this spirit of unforgiveness in my heart toward my mother and father. And while you're at it, Lord, heal them and bless them a hundredfold. Just that simple. It could be just that and watch the transformation that takes place. Two more and then we got to get up out of here. We already over over an hour. Lord, help me. Okay. The next thing you want to do is you have to prepare for a new identity. As you begin to to forgive your parents, you're going to start to see that a lot of the stuff that you do and don't do is based on the hurt and unforgiveness that you have in your heart towards your parents. I had a whole identity. Part of the reason why I even got married, y'all, was the unforgiveness that I had in my parents, toward my parents. We have created identities for years and years. It's the, I'm the abandoned boy. I'm the boy that has no father. So I have extra pride because of that. Some of it feels good, but all of it is bad for you. When you have an identity built around not forgiving your parents, you are not your true self. You are not your authentic self. Any hate that you have in your heart or unforgiveness towards your parents is blocking your true self from blossoming. So you have to prepare for that as you start this, uh, as you start this journey of forgiving your parents. Okay, how do you prepare of that? Prepare for that. You're going, your eyes are going to start being open to things. You might have a partner with you right now that you wouldn't have picked if you was healed and you have forgiven your parents. You might be working a job. You might even be friends with people. You may have a life dedicated to crime. Whatever it is, you have to be prepared for the new identity that God is going to give you as you forgive your parents, because it's going to happen slowly. You'll stop liking certain things. You'll even start to be like it was a point in time where like a little bit of toxicity turned me on. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I blocked him. He called me private. You know, I used to like stuff like that. I'm not being real with you. Listen, I, I have no, listen. I have nothing to have. There was a time where, you know, if I tell a boy, you know, don't don't come to my house no more. He show up anyway. I would like that. But in these last few years of my life, I say in the last two years, as I begin on this journey of forgiving my parents, I don't. it's a turnoff for me now. 
I don't like no man that's toxic. Toxic is not cute to me no more. It's just not. I don't like, I used to be uh, attracted to men who bash their baby moms a lot. You know why? Because I thought that if he bashed his baby moms or his ex, that that meant they had no chance of being together no more. I'm turned off completely by men who do that now. Reshaping of my identity. And you don't want to fight it. Because as these things start to fall off, you, you'll be tempted to like hold on to those parts of your identity. Because, you know, when you're preparing for a new identity, you have to be ready to be new. And that can be scary because it's almost like, who am I? Who am I if I don't have these grudges? Who am I if I, if I, if I no longer have this hurt to fuel me? You understand what I'm saying? Because sometimes, like in my case, my mom and daddy being on drugs, like that fueled my desires. That fueled me. That like made me want to go 10 times harder. And as I started forgiving them, I had to find different fuel. Then I started to have to think about, OK, I'm not doing this because I'm hurt no more. Now I'm doing this for the generations after me. You see what I'm saying? Be prepared for a new identity. Make room. For a new identity. I strongly recommend that you have somebody healthy alongside you with this journey. If you don't have nobody in your life, which I strongly doubt, write us in at the podcast if you like. HBHP at heartbreakhillpodcast.com. Write us in and write an email to us and let us know how it's going for you because as you prepare for a new identity, you are going to stop liking things and you're going to start liking other things. So be prepared for that because I wasn't. And it kind of put me in a state of depression a little bit, if I'm being honest, because I had to like start recreating my circles. I had to start like recreating my goals. You see what I'm saying? So just have somebody have us have that support, but be prepared for a new identity. And the last step that I want you to take, the very last step that I want you to take in terms of forgiving your parents. Okay. And I need you to hear this because this is probably one of the most important ones besides having the Trinity. Okay. Is I want you to reparent yourself. Now, that that's an actual psychological thing that they tell you that you could do uh, in reparenting yourself uh, in, a, in a psychological term, because that's not what I'm talking about. But what that essentially means is you speak to the inner child in yourself. OK, you speak to the inner child in you. You know, you don't call yourself stupid, goofy, dumb. You know, you literally through each day talk to the inner child in yourself. And you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm telling you to reparent yourself, okay, I'm telling you to seek, seek honorable God-practicing parents here on this earth. Don't tell me that there's nobody. By the way, this is actually one of the reasons why the church is, was built. And I know that we all have some type of church hurt. So um, whatever you do when you are seeking these parents, these, these earthly parents, do it prayerfully. Listen. Part of the reason why you have gotten the favor that you have over your life, you didn't get the time in jail that you were supposed to get in life. You know, all of a sudden that money came out of nowhere. People have been good to you for no reason. Part of that is God paying you back for the things that your parents put you through. I'm a living witness to this. There are so many instances in my life when I go back and I look where God has just blessed me unconditionally. And I know it has a lot to do with my parents. There are so many different mothers and fathers that he put in my life. This is why too, there's a lot of people that I'm not friends with no more. And I never will be friends with again, but I will never talk down on them publicly because a lot of those friends that I had, their parents 
were able to step in for me and give me love and teach me things that my parents could not. Now, these parents that you seek and you find, it don't matter if you've grown. If you've never been fathered, you need to be fathered. We got a lot of men walking around here that are grown versions of their mother and they don't know it. But it shows up in how they handle conflict, how they handle relationships, needing to have a last word, arguing all the time, tracing. Well, I, that's feminine. And you will never father correctly. Unable to stay faithful. Maybe your father did not teach you that. Same for our mothers. A lot of our mothers, there were so many things. And I, I talk a lot about my ex-husband and the kind of uh, husband that he was. But I talk very little about the type of wife I was. Horrible wife. There were just things that I was doing and saying that just was not appropriate for a wife, let alone a woman to do. But I didn't know no better. I didn't take the time to do this. First of all, I wasn't interested in forgiving no parents at that time either anyway. But but I'm just telling you that the things that I, I was able to seek and learn from these other mothers that God blessed me with. And me and my parents now have an excellent relationship. I love them and forgive them both. And so they taught me things, too. But I'm just saying up until this point. Whatever man that I marry next going to have a cold wife because there's some things that I've been able to learn. You understand from women that were outside of me. Get you a mother a figure. Get you a father figure. Now, most of us who did not have the correct parenting done to us, we've been trying to find this in relationships. And I'm telling you that that's not right. I'm telling you that trying, expecting your partner to parent you. And we do this in a lot of different ways. You try, might go for older women. You might, you know, have, you know, be attracted to, to people who abuse you and stuff like that, like your, your parents did. But we try to go and find this thing through relationships. And I'm telling you right now, you're wasting your time. It's OK for you to be attracted to like some women are naturally motherly. If you didn't have a mother around, you probably going to be naturally attracted to, to women that are motherly. You might naturally be attracted to women who like come from a good home, who did have good parents. Same for the women. Like I'm attracted to men that are fatherly. I really am. Like it, it's, it's attractive to me when a man is like fatherly. You know what I'm saying? Like when he wants to like provide and protect me or like I see him being that way toward his kids. That's one thing. But as far as your relationship partner being the one to father you expecting your girl to be the one to mother you. No, that's wrong. Don't do that. Don't put that pressure on a person. Seek people in your life. They don't have to be the same race as you. They don't even have to have children. I can argue with you that as long as they are God-fearing and as long as they are living an, living an honorable life, they can even be younger than you. I dare to say that. As long as they're grown. If you're grown, then you know they should be, they automatically should be grown. I don't don't get freaky on me. You know what I'm saying? They should be grown now. But I'm saying that sometimes don't don't put an age limit, a, a age limit on the things that people can teach you. Get fathered, get mothered, seek what we call them now. You, you know, it might be kind of uh, weird or freaky if you walk up to somebody and say, can you be my mother? Can you be my father? You know, people, you know, we live in a time where you got to be careful with that type of request. But mentor is another word for it. Can you be my mentor? I have been having a couple mentor me since I was 16 years old. They called the Clavens and they have helped me in ways that I can't even tell you because you won't believe me. And they're a white family. White. White as snow. Nothing in common with me. We were born in two different times. I mean, they grew up differently than I did. Listen, what's, you know, they might have had similarities in terms of parenting, but I'm talking about we have nothing in common to the common eye. They have parented me, given me love, giving me tough love, showed me my value, 
my grandmother and my grandfather, uh, uh, my grandma Ludie too, showed me things before she passed away. My grandma Terry, who's still living. My grandpa Clee, who's still living, showed me things, taught me things. You understand? However it is that you get it, get fathered, get mothered. Seek out these mentors as you are going along this process. Now, this does not... This uh, reparenting yourself thing, it doesn't have to come at the end, but it has to be a part of the process. Okay, listen, I know that that was a lot that we talked about today in terms of forgiving your parents. And I strongly encourage you all to go back and listen to this episode. Go back and listen to this episode, especially if you were a victim at your own father's hand or at your own mother's hand. If you are carrying that resentment, that shame, that hurt, that guilt against your father, go back and listen to this episode a few times. All right. Listen, don't go nowhere because we're going to be right back with the question of the week. All right. Thank you so much again for tuning in. If you are just now tuning in, then you already know that we are doing what we like to call question of the week. Now, we just got done saying a very, 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 very powerful episode, you guys. This one was actually very, very dear to me, very close to me. Uh, forgiving my parents has been something that has transformed me inside and out. So I strongly, guys, please, if you tuned in late, you know, or if you came late or something like that, that is totally fine. Go back and listen to this episode. All of the episodes that I record here, if you're watching, they're available on YouTube. Uh, if, if you're listening uh, for the first time, subscribe to us. We're on Pandora. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We're on anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. But go back and listen to this message because it will transform your life. Now, let's go ahead and get into the question of the day. Now, this comes from actually one of our uh, TikTok followers. Okay. Now, if you're not following us on TikTok, that's okay. But if you want to, we are under Rose Gold Cover. I think I'm going to change my name on there to uh, Heartbreak Hill Podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll see how that works out. Or maybe make a separate TikTok for Heartbreak Hill Podcast. I don't know. Anyway, this is from one of our, our TikTok followers at Rose Gold Covered. If you want to follow us, I made a, a video that ended up going viral on TikTok. And basically, it was about a deal that I was offered on the network. Um, and they basically didn't want me to say the name Jesus. Now, if you've been following uh, the podcast for any amount of time, you know that that's not that's impossible. OK, I have been a Muslim. I've been part of the black Israelite church. OK, I have um, explored in in, a, in in different a new age religion, uh, been a tarot readings, things like that. Listen, I've, I've did my share of different religions. There's no way that I will ever be a part of a network. That tells me that I cannot reference Jesus Christ. You can call him Yeshua, whatever it is you want to say. There's no J. There was no J in the Hebrew alphabet. Whatever you want to say, there's no way I would accept the deal that does not allow me to say Christ. So this video actually ended up going uh, tox, uh, excuse me, going uh, viral on TikTok. Three part video. I encourage you to go watch it. And this, uh, the, I'm just telling you this because this question is based off of that. So here's the question. And unfortunately, guys, uh, she did not leave uh, her full name or where she was from. Uh, so I'm not going to uh, say that. But if you ever write in and you want your question read on air, OK, please make sure that you leave your name and where you were from so I can shout you out. OK, here's the question. 
says, hi, I don't know if you'll see this or not, but I came across your selling your soul video on TikTok and have truly been in need of advice or a convo with somebody. Lately, I've been struggling so much because I've always had a, a passion for music and film. I just graduated college for film, but I always see comments of people who believe everyone in the industry has sold their souls. But all that's in me is the love of art. And if I want to reach success, it seems that if people it seems that if it seems as if people would discredit hard work nowadays. OK, what should I do? So essentially what I get from that question is. She wants to he or she wants to pursue her career in music or film industry, but she's afraid of Hollywood or afraid of, 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 um, what people will say if she reached a certain level of success behind it is what I'm kind of picking up. And I've already wrote this person back in depth. Uh, but this was one of the questions that was selected for me to read. So, um, let me tell you guys something. You do not have to compromise your integrity to be successful. Understand that. When I made this video about this network telling me I couldn't say the name Christ, that is not the first time that I've been offered to compromise my beliefs. Because I don't, you know, there's plenty of people that I watch on TV that don't mention the name Christ at all. So, okay, this is not a holier than thou statement, okay? Y'all know I struggle. I struggle with a lot of things. Um, so, you do not have to go against your morals, your beliefs. To be successful. Season one of Heartbreak Hill podcast, I had a deal approach me telling me that they wanted me to do apparel for them. That's all they said was apparel. They were going to give me $10,000 to do seven shoots of, of, of this so-called apparel. When I got into the looking at this thing, it was all basically nudes. Pretty much. Like the apparel that they was talking about was like G-strings. They was like... uh. Um, instead of like bra, bras, it was like bralettes, basically just something that I was not comfortable doing. First of all, it was a plus ass thing, but I wasn't really comfortable with my body at that time to do it. But even as now, I still get offers for stuff like that. And, and I want to tell you that you do not have to accept deals or contracts that go against what you believe. That deal for the apparel and all that in $10,000, which is not to me, I don't care who that's y'all that's listening. Maybe y'all balling out of control. But especially at that time during season one, I was going through a divorce. I was heartbroken and I was broke. OK, I needed that money. But we were still, by the grace of God, right now, Heartbreak Hill podcast is being heard on seven continents in this world. All seven continents in this world. Over 100 different countries listen to Heartbreak Hill podcast in different languages at that. I didn't have to compromise my integrity to get none of that. The revenue that comes in from the podcast, some of it, well, most of it, in order for the production part, is listener based. People donate in to run the show. Did you know that this whole production is put on by people who donate money? And then we have a revenue stream because people that you see on here that want to get interviews, they pay to be on here. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm telling you this to note to, so that you can know, young man or young lady who, who wrote this question. Success does not equal selling your soul. I will tell you this, though. Once you get to a part, a certain level of success, people are going to be saying that you had to sell your soul in order to get there because they won't be able to understand or fathom how you were able to get to these different places. And they couldn't. 
people going to say that about you regardless. So if you worried about what what a, what a mark is going to say, you might as well just give up your dreams, go ahead and give your give your degree back to the school and you might as well just just go ahead and tap out now because people I have people writing in accusing me of all kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and and this ain't even I'm not even like on a major TV network or nothing like that. You understand what I'm saying? I, I'm just telling you that that's part of what comes with it. You should see the trolls. If you watch any of my TikTok videos, I say don't mind my hair, mind your business. That's because they always talking about my hair. <laughs> they always coming at me about my hair. People bully me in my comments all the time. People write into the show bullying me, man, talking about me, my family, my teeth especially. <laughs> that's probably one of the number one things, my teeth and my hair. So, so I'm just telling you this, that you can follow what God has placed into your heart. If you have a passion and a love for it, that means that God put it there and you can follow. it. All you got to do is take God along the road with you. You don't have to sing songs about God to praise God, but it would be smart to reference them. I'll tell you the trick to going viral and to being heard. Mention God, mention Christ specifically. If you if you really I can tell you any TikTok video that I ever made that went viral has something to do with God. Any of my most listened to episodes and most downloaded that rep episodes that started like giving in revenue and stuff like that talked about God. So that's that's a little trick for you, a little, little tip. I can tell you that. Okay. I hope that answers your question at more greater length than what I was able to respond uh via from the inbox that you sent in. Listen here, family, you could have been anywhere in the world. But you decided to be here with me. And I do not take that for granted. Not even one little tiny small bit. As I mentioned to you guys earlier, this show is 100% produced and put on by donations from viewers and listeners like you. And we are so thankful. We are not going here. Can't stop, won't stop. Okay, listen, same time, same place next week. I love you all. Remember, breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Our mission here is to use multimedia channels to break generational curses in our thought process. Our motto here is breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Please note that our entire production is brought forth by listeners and viewers just like you. Thank you. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our website at heartbreakhillpodcast.com.